Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 41 of Process to Profitability. Today I'm talking about growing your team with Allie Danae Walker, and we also get into what an online business manager versus a VA does. So it's kind of two different topics, but she combines them really well. Today we talk about finding the perfect person to work with, what to expect when you bring someone onto your team and who is responsible for what. We also discuss the difference between an OBM and a VA and her best tips for growing and managing your team. Allie Denae is a great person to discuss all of this because she has worked as a VA and an OBM for a lot of great online businesses. And so she gives some great insight into who you should hire on your team, how you can go about figuring out what you want to outsource, and then how you can grow once you've hired that first person. I really hope that you will take this episode and apply the advice here as you continue to grow your business and consider expanding your team and trying to figure out exactly what it is that you need for somebody to do so that you can focus more on your client work and what you love to do. There are so many moving pieces to your business, and Ali Denae understands it can get overwhelming. However, when it is all run and done well, you are able to live a life that you truly love. As a business owner herself, she wants to help you take your business from just getting by to flying high. Her goal is to remove as many admin and social media tasks off your plate so you can focus on the creative side of your business, the side you love. The Social Walker Agency services are meant to walk alongside you and enhance the efforts that you are already making. Consider Allie Denae and her team your team. When she's not cheering on her business teams, Allie Denae is cheering on her favorite sports teams, the Georgia Bulldogs and Atlanta Braves. You can also find her sipping coffee throughout the day, spending her mornings in the Word, and enjoying time with her family and friends. She loves sharing about her passions of faith and business to anyone who comes into her life. Hi, thanks so much for joining me. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So I read your bio at the top of the show, but why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and what you do? Okay, so I'm Allie Denae, and I run the Social Walker Agency. I am currently based out of Atlanta, Georgia, originally from South Carolina, and then made the leap to the big city down here in the South a few years ago. And I currently am an online business manager and virtual assistant kind of combined. I like to focus more on the business management side of things, but I do offer all the virtual assistant tasks that go along with being an online business manager. A few years ago, I decided to launch my dream business, which was wedding planning. But I wanted it to be different than all the other companies out there. So I started looking at online wedding planning and how to run a business online and social media marketing and all of those things. And then realized that people need help doing that side of their business. And just put it out there in a Facebook group that I was going to be offering some virtual assistant and social media assistance for people and got a client pretty quickly thereafter, probably like a few days maybe, and have been working with her now over a year. 
a year and a half. And so it's just crazy that trying to launch one business has ended up allowing me to launch this business and let it take off just by doing a little Google search and figuring out how to run an online business. So did you stick with the wedding business or are you not doing that at all? So I put that on the back burner for a while. It is going to be something I'm going to be reevaluating in 2018 um, a little bit differently than how I originally planned back in 2015. But it's still kind of in the back burner, something I've always wanted to do. And I have a lot of contacts here in Atlanta. I've shadowed a few weddings to even see if it's still something that sets my heart aflutter. And it does. So we'll see. I love what I do right now, helping clients grow their business. And so I do want to pursue it in the future. But for now, it's kind of on hold. (laughs) It's funny how we always have a million ideas and we're never quite sure how things are going to happen. But it always like we always come back to those things that we love. Yes. I honestly thought that I would help a few people out, do a virtual assistant, save up a little bit of that money and put it towards really doing the wedding planning company really well, like hiring a graphic designer and branding and all of that. And then it just snowballed from referrals and realizing I love like being part of a team. And we can talk more about that later, about the importance of a team. And I think that had allowed me to grow and like it satisfied that part of me working on a team and and not doing everything on my own. And so I just ended up putting all the money back into this business, which is fine. I mean, I love what I do. And so um, it's just crazy how that changed for me. And instead of investing in, in another dream business, allow me to pursue a dream I didn't even know I had. All right. So today we're going to be talking about growing your team. And then we're also going to be discussing a little bit of an online manager, online business manager versus a VA and who can do what and which one is best as we grow our businesses. Okay. So I wanted to start with talking about how you can find the perfect person to work with who is going to support your business and you feel like you can actually trust them with this thing that you have built and is pretty much your baby. Yes, that is one of the hardest things for people to, I don't want to say let go of because you are still the main person in charge of your business. I hear people say all the time, no one cares about your business as much as you do. The same goes if you have kids. I don't have kids, but I have nieces and nephews and so do some of my roommates. And we love sharing photos, but honestly, I love my nieces and nephews more than she loves mine and vice versa. And so we can still get the joy out of sharing that with each other, but we also know like, the other one really doesn't care as much. (laughs) Um, They do care more than someone who doesn't have a niece or nephew, you know? So the same goes for business or the same goes for people who have kids. They understand more than people who don't have kids. And it can be hard, but at the same time, you can ask any of my clients and even me. I started this company in March of 2016 and left my job in at the beginning of September of last year, so 2016, and brought on my first assistant in November and December of 2016. And so I completely understand like how it can be nerve-wracking to bring someone on, especially if it's service work. Like I do, making sure that this person gives the same client experience that I do is part of the team and gets my values and my goals and how I work and my work ethic and all of that. But I think it does take time. One of my old coworkers used to say, be slow to hire and quick to fire. So being really intentional with who you hire, even if it takes six months to bring someone on, 
that is okay. Don't let that stress you out. If you do an interview with someone and it's just not clicking, but you feel like you desperately need help, don't hire them if it's not clicking for you. Because then you'll need to be quick to fire and let them go and tell them it's not working out. And then you're back to square one. Yeah. With more stress in the middle. Yeah. And I think we all hate to fire people. We do. It would freak me out. <laughs> yeah. It's not fun saying, hey, I don't think this is working. And I've got that email a couple of times. And even one client, we kind of both sent the same email around the same time or actually they were going to wait until the end of the month and I was like hey listen like I don't think it's working out between us like I don't want to waste your time or your money like it's just not working because I didn't want to spend the next two weeks dreading working with that client just to finish out the month so I think when you're starting to interview people to bring onto your team have some specific questions about who they are as a person not just like what task can you do for me Or, you know, these are all the things I'm struggling with. What of these can you do? Because for the most part, you'll have people who can say they can do everything that you need them to do. But can they do it well? Or are you still going to have to micromanage? And so that goes into hiring an online business manager versus a virtual assistant. An online business manager, in my opinion, takes a little more initiative. They help you see the bigger picture. And then a VA is someone who gets a lot of the task done for you that you still kind of have to micromanage for a little while until it gets very streamlined. But in my experience, those that I've just done VA work for, they send me stuff and I do it. We don't have monthly meetings. We don't have check-ins or anything like that, which is fine if that's, you know, if you just need someone to do something that feels a little, not remedial, but repetitive, like a task. And you're just like, here, can you do this? Let me train you a couple times on how to do it. And then I trust you enough to go get it done without me overseeing you. Mm -hmm. But an online business manager is someone who's going to say, hey, I support you in your business and I want to help your business grow and see the big picture and get some of the tasks done. So sometimes you can hire an online business manager. So one of my clients, they have an online business manager. It's not me. But then I do some of the VA work and I work more with the online business manager than I do the client. Okay. They're kind of the go-between all the freelancers who work for this team. That makes sense. So Yeah. So you can definitely have an online business manager and then separate virtual assistants or freelancers. But say you have a graphic designer on your team, you have a copywriter, you have someone who helps with your e-commerce side of things or your social media, but your business manager can be your basically a business partner with you who's kind of managing all those people under you so you can focus on what you do best. Mm -hmm. But for me, I like to offer everything. So you can either hire me just to do some tasks or you can bring me on and say, hey, I need you to help me with the overall like vision of my business. And then I want to hire you and your team to work with me. So I have one girl who helps with a lot of social media and Pinterest type of task. And then I'm currently working with someone to bring on as a copy editor and a copywriter so they can ghostwrite for clients. And so instead of my client working with these people individually, I'm the one managing all the moving pieces. And that's kind of what an online business manager does. They help manage all the moving pieces so that you as the boss don't have to have your hand in every single cookie jar. All right. So when we're looking at hiring somebody, should we kind of list out the skills that we want them to have and like the task we want them to do? Or should we look at hiring a person that we can train and look more at their personality and make sure they fit with sort of the vision of our business? 
So I would say it's a little bit of both. I would create two different lists. And I have this thing I've been working on for a while called the highlighter code method. And what it is basically is you make a list of all the things you do in your business or that you think you do in your business. Now, there's going to be times when you're going to have to go in and add to this list because you forgot things and that's totally fine. (laughs) But I would even screen record your whole day one day and just make notes of things that you do. Answering emails, social media, networking on Facebook, or if you have a Facebook group, literally list every single thing you can think of that you do in your business, invoicing and checking in on your Trello boards or your Asana cards or whatever it is that you use. Literally everything you do. And then I say get out your highlighters. I love color coding. If anyone follows me, they'll know everything in my life is pretty much color coded. Even the hangers in my closet are (laughs) color coded. And I would say pick one color and highlight everything in green that you love doing and highlight everything in like a pink or a red that you hate doing. And then out to the side, pick some other colors and determine what you want them. So if you have a blue mark, whether it's green or red or green or pink, whatever colors you've chosen, take your blue highlighter and put a little dot out to the side of things that are easy that may take you five to 10, you know, it's very quick for you to do And you can hand it off pretty easily because it's not like a big task, like client facing. Maybe it's like a behind the scenes thing. Mm -hmm. And then take an orange highlighter and say, well, this isn't super hard for someone to do, but maybe I need to create a process for it. And then it will be easier for someone to do. And then you can take another color highlighter, yellow maybe, and do things that are, I need to stop here and really streamline this process is really difficult for someone to copy this part of the business. And then look at that and say, okay, if it's green and blue, you can still hire that out. You don't have to keep that on your list of things to do. So the first things I would look to hire out are things that are blue and red or pink and get those things you don't love doing and that it's easy for someone else to do off your plate. So for me, it's creating graphics in Canva. I have a whole list of quotes I want to use and I have a template in Canva And I could go in and spend 30 minutes just changing out the words. But is that really what I want to spend 30 minutes doing? Not really. (laughs) Someone else can do it better and faster than me. And then I'll have all of these created and I can put them on social media whenever I want. So it's things like that, that yes, it's easy for me to do, but I just don't love doing it. So I'm going to get that off my plate first. So that's how I use the highlighter system with my clients when they're trying to determine what to hire out first. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to figuring out if they're the right fit for your business. It sounds so crazy, but I just go on gut feeling. Like I'll have interviews with people and it's just not the right fit or I'm not excited about what they're doing. So if the person you're talking to gets excited about what you are doing, or maybe you see that they follow you on social media and they've been watching all your videos, like that's one way to know if they've been engaging If it's someone out of the blue that you've never heard of before, when they apply to work with you or you see their name or someone tells you about them, do some research. Find out what they're passionate about. Go follow them on social media, either actively and, you know, actually hit the like button and follow or stealthily and just stalk them a little bit and see (laughs) what they're interested in. As silly as this is, like, I don't really like the whole ideal client of, oh, they like Starbucks and Chip and Joanna Gaines. But at the same time, like that doesn't go into my ideal client necessarily because they don't have to love that. But if I want someone to be on my team, then I do want them to have at least some of the same interests as me. So I know that we at least get along 
while we're working together. Right. But it doesn't have to be the exact same thing. The girl who works for me, she and her husband love to go hiking and exploring. And I like doing adventurous things, but I don't go spend my weekends hiking all the time. That is a difference. But at the same time, we have other things that we connect on that allows us to work well together. Right. So I think you just have to trust your gut a little bit on that. Yeah. So you want to connect on a personal level, but you also want somebody who can actually do the things that are going to help your business. Yes. And don't be... I'm trying to think of like a good way to describe it. If someone's like, oh yeah, I can do every little single thing that you want. Maybe they can. And if they're just working with you, then it's fine for them to do everything. But if they mention, oh yeah, I have other clients. I do this and this for. I think that was where I struggled with when I first started. I had some clients I was doing A, B, and C for and some clients I was doing X, Y, and Z. And I was all over the place. So coming to them with like a list of like, hey, here's all the things that I need done or I want to offload based on using the highlighter method. What of these makes you excited? Like, yes, I understand you may be able to do all of them, but which would you prefer to do if you could only pick three? Mm -hmm. And see what their answer is to that. Because yes, we can all learn to do everything, but having them niche down, and that's why it's okay to have multiple VAs. I don't even consider them VAs necessarily if you have a graphic designer. That's just a freelancer who is on your team. You know, you may have them on retainer, but maybe you don't need a VA for that. Maybe you need a freelancer. I mean, a graphic designer. Okay. So I would be really hesitant to use, if you're going into a Facebook group and you're saying, hey, I'm looking for a VA, you're going to get a thousand people wanting to be your (laughs) virtual assistant. If you go in there and say, hey, I need someone who does graphics, maybe on a retainer basis or someone who can help proof edit and schedule my blog posts. Like those are completely different people. Mm -hmm. And that's okay to hire different people to do different things. It's going to make everybody's life better. Right. Because you don't want to hire a graphic designer and be like, oh, hey, can you also do my blog for me? No, they don't want to do that. (laughs) They don't. I promise. So, yes, exactly. You're a graphic designer. You know, like you don't want to do website management as far as updating copy and blog post every week. Right. But someone else loves that. Yeah. It reminds me, there's a a podcast that I listen to and it's a medical show, but they say cure-alls cure nothing. And it reminds me of that, that if somebody says they can do everything, they're probably not really great at anything. Yes. And I think it's okay. I think there are some things like for some of my clients, I do a lot of things for them. If they were to say, can we create like, I'll do mar- email marketing with them and I'll help them format everything. But if there's some part of that, that's like a specific targeted funnel, some of them have coaches that they work with to determine that funnel. Mm-hmm. And then they come to me and we put it together. And then I have some clients who are the opposite. They come to me and we create this funnel and then they either hire me or they do it themselves and they put it together. So it's better. Like you said, it's better to have different people do different things because we all have different strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. And yeah, we can get it all done, but there's no point in doing it all. Yeah. If I know Betty Crocker is coming to a Thanksgiving party, I'm not going to go bake a cake. <laughs> like I'm going to go make a side or a drink or whatever. You know, like it's just going to hinder you if you're competing. If you're having the people you hire compete with each other for what they do versus everybody doing what they love doing. So yeah, they may can do 10 things on your list, but make them pick the top three that they would be most passionate about doing yeah, and then hire someone else to do the other seven. All right. So what can we expect when we bring somebody on our team? I know, you know, when we think about hiring, a lot of people aren't really sure what the next steps are. We know how to 
maybe find somebody and conduct an interview, but what do we have to provide for somebody? What do they have a process for? And like, how can we expect that to work? So if if a client is coming to me and they reached out or posted it in Facebook, I would imagine that they would have a few things in place. And that would be, so let's just say they're blogging or something they need help with. So they need to give me access to their website, whether that's as a guest contributor or they give me their login and password via something like LastPass, Mm -hmm. which is a great tool. People don't use it. They need to be on it. And then, you know, a list of words and things they say and don't say. Jenna Kutcher talks about this a lot and I use it so much with my clients. Like, let's have a Google Doc of things I don't say. So maybe if you don't have a full list, it's your core values. Like, these are things that are important to me, which may seem silly if someone's just editing your blog. But while they're reading your blog, they can make sure that those things fit with your core values, mm-hmm. that you're not saying something that negates something that you've said before. Okay. And then obviously logins, passwords, logos. I always have to end up getting what font do you use? What are your colors? <laughs> what are like the hex code colors? Like all of those things that you don't think about because they're just saved on your computer. Go ahead and start compiling those in a Google folder or in a Trello card or in a Sana card, whatever it is that you use, because then they don't have to track you down for that. Okay. And then logins, whatever systems you need them in, they need logins for that. Those are the main things I have to ask people for that they don't come prepared with. <laughs> and as someone coming, as someone coming to them in my process, I'm like, okay, here are the next steps. So I'm going to send you my proposal. And normally I give like a couple options pricing wise that they can pick and choose from. And then I say, okay, the next steps after this are once you pick one of these three options, I'll send you over a contract detailing that one option. Once you sign it, these are the next things I'm going to need from you. Logins, colors, logos. And at that point, I've already discussed with them if it's going to be Trello, Asana, Google Drive, whatever. So I'll just say, go ahead and put them on there and make sure you share that with me. Okay. And last pass of two. So those are the main things. And then I have something I need to retweak. So maybe by the time this episode comes out, it'll be ready. But I have what I call a business dossier. And what it is, is it walks you through your whole business and it has places for you to list out your colors and your goals for your business. What do you want to accomplish in the next couple months? Because if you're bringing on someone, they need to be a part of what you're accomplishing. Right. You don't just need to hire someone to manage your email just to say you have someone who manages your (laughs) inbox for you. You need to hire them to manage your inbox so that you can go and do something else. And that's something else needs to be defined before you bring someone on. Or you're going to end up with this extra free time and you're paying someone and you're not making more money. So now your money is just going out the door. So with your business dossier, what I walk you through is let's talk about your goals. Let's talk about... And it's just a workbook um, that you can get. And I think it's like 15 pages. And a lot of people already have kind of these like goal setting stuff, but it's something you can hand to them and say, hey, this is kind of my business in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. I picked the name for it because like a dossier when... When people are going into meetings, it's kind of like a one sheet. Like, here's who you're meeting with. Here's a little bit about them. Here's why this person's important. Here's why we're doing this. So it's kind of that type of idea for your business. Hey, here's my business. Here's why it's important to me. Here's who I help. Here's why I love helping them. And here are the behind the scenes like colors and logos. And this is where you'll find all of my stuff. And having that kind of information for people is huge. Yeah. And it would be super helpful for all of us to just have anyway, so that we have a reference. Exactly. Exactly. So that way, you know, like, 
When you think about your business and what makes you light up about your business, that's what you want to be talking about when you're blogging. That's what you want to be talking about when you send newsletters. And if you can't define that for yourself, like there's no way you can bring on someone to get excited about your business with you. Mm -hmm. So I think that's... That's one thing I love when clients come to me and they're like, I've got this big goal that I'm working towards. And so if I can just offload this to you, then I can focus on that. And I'm like, yes, what else can I take off your plate that allows you to go after that goal that you have for this year? And they're like, oh, okay, well, can you do this, this and this? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's get it done. (laughs) Give it to me. Whatever you want, give it to me. So with my first client, we started out really small. So again, if you're hiring a VA or a business manager, start small. That's one thing I would say. Give them one or two things to do. So I started out managing her blog. And then she's like, hey, do you know MailChimp? Can you do my newsletters? And I said, yes. Actually, I do know MailChimp. (laughs) And so I started with MailChimp. And now we do social media scheduling. And now I do all this other stuff for her. And that's definitely grown over the past year and a half. But with new clients, on our first call, they say, these are all the things I want to get done. And I say, okay, what's your budget? Like, What do you want to start with? What's going to be the number one thing. So we just pick one or two and we start there. And if it's something I don't know how to do, I'll say, I don't know how to do it now, but by the time you're ready for it in three months to add that piece on, either I'll do research and learn how to do it or I'll find someone else you can add to the team who can do that. Mm -hmm. So it does give you time as a virtual assistant on the back end to learn and grow because if you know what your clients are going to want and need, then you can go and learn how to do it, but be honest with them up front about what you can and can't do. Right. So that's why having that list of color coding and highlighting of these are things I want done. What can you do? If you have a list of 10, make them pick three that they're comfortable with that they can start almost immediately. And then those other things, ask them in a few weeks, like, hey, would you be interested in learning how to do Facebook ads? Or should I go and find someone else who already knows how to do it? Because that person's going to be a little more expensive than your current person who doesn't know how to do it. Right. So that's the only time I would not hire like an expert on something is if you're willing to invest in that virtual assistant so that they can eventually become your business manager. Okay, right. That makes sense because you are kind of helping them learn these skills and eventually it's going to pay off in your business, but it might take some more time and you're going to have to sort of be a little bit flexible, but then they're going to really know the ins and outs of your business and they're going to gain skills as they go. Right. And even if, say, like the Facebook ads thing, say they say, okay, I can help you put it together, but I'm not an expert on you know, we need to run this type of ad for the first three days and this type of ad for the last three days and all, you know, figuring all that. So maybe you go and hire someone to help you with just your Facebook ad strategy, but then your virtual assistant works with them to help you implement it. So you're still not touching anything. Right. But now you've allowed your VA to grow and you've also supported another small business owner with hiring them for the Facebook ad strategy. Right. Because they may only want to do strategy and have you implement. And you're like, well, I don't want to implement. I'll just have my VA implement. (laughs) That makes sense. So when we hire somebody, are they going to pretty much jump into the processes that we have in place already? Is that the way that it tends to work best? It can. If you already have processes in place, say you love Trello or you love Asana and you have it all well and running. There are some times when someone will come in and say, hey, I think it could run a little bit better if we consolidated this or let's not be in Trello and Slack and Voxer and email. Let's you know, streamline a few Mm -hmm. things. And that's probably more what an online business manager would do. A virtual assistant should jump in 
to your team as smooth as possible. So I would tell all my clients, I love Trello, but if you love Asana or Basecamp, I will be in Asana and Basecamp for you. Okay. I'm not going to move all my other clients there. I'm going to keep them where they're comfortable. But a virtual assistant should be able to step into your business as it is. An online business manager, if you're hiring them fresh and they weren't your VA now becoming your OBM, then they may say, hey, I might have some better ways of doing this. But that's what you hire them for, is to be a manager and to help you grow and decide what's going to work better and smoother. If you're ready to update your website today and need some guidance on things that you can do, check out my free guide, Five Website Updates to Get Legit. You can download it at lemonandthesea.com slash five updates. There you will find a guide with five easy updates you can make today that are going to make your website stand out, be legal, and it includes free resources that you can check out as well as easy action steps to get you started so that you can start making improvements to your website today. That is at lemonandthesea.com slash five updates. So I think we've talked a little bit about the difference between an online business manager and a virtual assistant, but can we just go over sort of the highlights of that and make sure that people know sort of when to hire one or the other? Yeah. So I would say a virtual assistant, it's not one of those questions, or maybe it is like what comes first, the chicken or the egg, because it depends on where you are in your business. If you have a coach who's helping you with strategy and big vision goals, I would say you might want to hire a virtual assistant first. But first, do the highlighting session so you know exactly what you're looking for. And then if you realize you need to hire three different people to help accomplish all 12 things on your list, then maybe you need to consider one of those people to become the lead VA or your online business manager. Okay. Who has a little bit more go get them and a little bit more organizational skills than the others who are just doing specific tasks like graphics. Not that a graphic designer can't be an online business manager, but I highly doubt that that's what they want to spend their time doing. I could be wrong, but I just highly doubt it. (laughs) Right. Whereas a social media strategist, if you hire someone to help you with your social media because you don't want to do it, then that person may be used to working with a few different people and they can help manage the person who's doing the blog because they need stuff to post on social media. So they need to have contact with that person. Right. Okay. So then that could be your lead VA in transition to your online business manager. Okay. So I would say your online business manager is not equal to you as the owner and the boss, but like your right-hand person, the one you communicate more with, but who also has your vision in mind at all times. And then a VA is more of an admin task oriented, not that they can't see the big vision, but they're really good at what they do specifically. So graphics or copy editing or social media scheduling or whatever it is. And they're just really great at that. And that's what they want to do. They don't want to manage other people. Okay. So it sounds like your VA is doing a specific task or two or three for you. And if you just have one person doing a couple of things, you can probably manage it yourself. But as your team grows and you need more people, then you want to bring on somebody to actually help you manage. So you're not just stuck in management all day and still not getting anything done. Yes. Okay. And I just have a question because I see virtual assistant tossed around a lot. And I think a lot of people use that title 
But it can cover a really wide range of things, correct? Yes. And I think that's why it's so hard when someone posts in a Facebook group, hey, I'm looking for a virtual assistant. Well, I can do virtual assistant tasks, but what is it that you need done? And so then you go through the comments and they're like, oh, well, this is what I really need done. And I'm like, well, I don't want to do that. Right. So I started niching down more towards calling myself a social media strategist because I love talking about it's in a sense of marketing, but it's talking about how can we take what you talk about and put it on social media. And so I was like, you know, for a couple months, like I don't want to bring on anybody whose blog I'm doing. I just want to bring on social media clients. Well, then I realized I missed like being a part of the other stuff behind the scenes. So like I'll look through those posts to see if people need someone to help with social media or someone to help with blogging or someone to help with email marketing. But the more specific you can be about who you need help with, the more specific of a person you're going to get to help you with that. Okay. And I think if you're a virtual assistant on the other end, I would say find a few things that you love doing. Like for me, it's I love social media. I like blogging and being a part of that. And I like like doing emails. Like it's just really easy. And those are things that I can help clients with and they don't take up a lot of time and I can do them pretty quick and easy. And then I love strategy. I love hopping on the phone and just talking to people about strategy and then either helping them with it or sending them on their way to do it themselves. Right. And so I think when you're a virtual assistant, like I don't want to book flights for people. (laughs) That's not the type of virtual assistant I want to be. But there are people who love that. And if I say if you love that, then you should be a travel agent person. <laughs> then you can book flights all the time. But the point is figuring out what you love doing and niching down. Don't be afraid to niche down even as a virtual assistant because your business will grow so much more. I know mine has. I mean, if you look at my website, my packages don't really list like everything that I do and can do because I can do more than what I want to do, but I want to do a few things. Mm-hmm. I either want to just help you with strategy, just help you with like one or two like blogging and newsletters and social media, or I want to help you with a big vision of your business. And so those are what I want people coming to me for. And I'll get emails that say, hey, do you still do this? Or do you still help with blogs? And I'll say yes or no if it's something I don't want to do. And that's okay. Saying no is okay. And the same with hiring someone. Telling someone like, hey, I just don't think we're the right fit is also okay. So niching down and saying no are two things that I wish I would have done a little bit sooner just because last summer I was taking on all the clients because at that point I realized I wanted to quit my day job and pursue this full time. So I was saying yes to everyone. And then when I left my job and I sat down and was realizing what I did every day, I like emailed a client probably in September, right when I left my job. I was like, hey, I don't want to work with you anymore. (laughs) And not because I didn't love her. And like I even told her, I was like, if you have other people or if you have other tasks you need to do, like call me. I want to work with you. I just don't want to do these tasks. And that was hard because I just left my nine to five to do this. And now I'm sitting here not wanting to do it. But if I had niched down earlier there would have been a little bit more joy in those first few weeks of working from home than I had. Yeah. And I know that there are VAs out there. So I've seen this a lot because I do website design and I will help my clients with graphics, but my title is like a designer. There are also VAs who will help with those sorts of things. So when do you need a VA to do that? And when do you need a freelancer or to have somebody on retainer? For graphics? Yeah. Something's like specific like that. I see it a lot with design and graphics. What I tell my clients about graphics is if they already have a template, say they're like me and they have a template for how they want their quotes to look on Instagram. They already have a list of quotes. 
then yes, I can do those. As a virtual assistant, I can go into Canva or Photoshop and swap out some characters. Mm -hmm. But if they don't have anything designed or even if they do, I don't know. And maybe this is just me because I always feel like my personal graphics could always be upped a little bit because I don't have the design eye. I just chose a template off of Canva and put my colors on there. But if you want something that's like more custom and something that's going to stand out and be different. Because I can tell you when I scroll through Instagram, I can tell you who's using Canva templates and who's not for the most part, because they're all the same. All the free ones are all the same, which is fine. I'm all for that. But I think if you, and maybe it just comes time for like, okay, for a year, I'm just going to use what's free on Canva and I'm going to save money and maybe have my VA swap out the characters and then save up a little money and hire a graphic designer who can create more specific branded graphics for me. Right. I know that's something I'm looking forward to in 2018 is how can I get my graphics to be a little more streamlined, maybe to go a little bit more with my agency theme, with like secret agent stuff like mixed in. But right now, I don't have the money for that. So I'm just doing with what I can. Right. And things like that, again, you can hire out the small stuff to a VA if they're already doing other things. But if that's all you're looking for, I would go to a graphic designer. Okay. If you don't have a VA already who can just swap out characters on a Canva template and colors, then I would just go straight to a graphic designer and have it done right the first time. Right. And pay the extra money to have it done right the first time. Okay. So what are your best tips for growing and managing your team? My best tips, I would say consistency with communication. So are you going to communicate just in Trello, just in Asana, just in Slack, email? Consistency is key. Having like a team meeting once a month, you know, having structure for that. Like, yes, you can hang out and just chat and get to know each other like you would in an office. But then like getting to the meat and potatoes of your meeting. Mm -hmm. It's not just don't waste people's time. But I think with the online world, what I miss most about an office is having those like weekly and monthly staff meetings where you can catch up with people that you've been in your cubicle with for the past month, but you have all been so busy. So you do need time to socialize, but then getting down to it and having goals and stuff, just like you would if you worked in an office, you would have like goals and purposes for each meeting. Right. So I would say that always treat your business like it's an office. I love the office environment. And I think that we forget that in the online world, how important it is to have structure for your team. Um, I think the other thing for growing is, like I mentioned earlier, slow to hire and quick to fire when you're growing your team. Be intentional with who you're looking for. Do the highlighter method. As tedious as it sounds, because there are a lot of moving parts to your business, if you want your business to grow and you want to hire the right person, you have to do things right the first time. You can't take shortcuts to grow your team because then you're going to end up firing everyone and you're going to be back to square one. Right. So don't take shortcuts on anything. <laughs> and then being open and honest with them. I think, you know, if it comes to the point, so like with, we're recording this before Thanksgiving. So with Christmas coming up, I have clients that maybe they're not blogging 10 times twice a week next month. They're only blogging once or they're just blogging for half a month before mm-hmm. Christmas. And so maybe funds are a little bit tighter. So be honest with them and say, hey, I may not need you the month of December because I want to take time off and I want you to have time off, but I promise you I'll have work for you in January. Right. Or if you're going to increase their work, say, hey, we're bringing on more clients. That means I'm going to have more tasks for you to do. Do you want that? So anytime I get a new client who might want Pinterest or social media, I send a message to my assistant and I say, hey, I'm talking with someone right now who is looking for these things since that's what you do on my team. 
do you have the time and the energy to add another person to your list? So being open and honest with them of where your business is going, say, hey, this is what it looks like in 2018. What do you want to learn? Do you want to learn how to do Facebook ads? Do you want to learn how to do sales funnels? Do you want to learn how to do lead pages? You know, ask them how they want to grow and ask them where do they see you growing and how can they be a part of that? So being honest with them, consistent with communication and being slow in the growing process, I think are huge for growing your team and managing them. Yeah. I really liked your tip about just being honest. I think I have experienced when a client will struggle to like they have not made it brought in as much and so they can't pay my invoice and I would much rather them tell me up front, this is going to be a slow month. I can't really keep you on right now than me do all the work and then have to fight to get paid for it or just not know what's going on. So I was trying to figure out like, do I do three month contracts with people or one month contracts with people? And I like to have like a three month commitment from them, but I invoice once a month because things Mm -hmm. change. I'm in a service-based business. So I know that summers can be slow right? or December can be slow. And if it's a client I love, Like, I want them to know, like, hey, if December is slow for you because you're also in a service-based business or say you're in a product-based business and for some reason March is just really slow because you were huge in December but you weren't big in March, I want them to know, like, hey, I'll be here for you next December or I'll be here for you next summer. But at the same time, I don't want them to feel the strain of, like, I have to pay Allie Danae for three months and I can't afford her or, you know, like, I don't want to ever put someone in that position because I never want to be in that position. Or, like, I hired someone to help me with video. Well, the past few weeks, I haven't been able to record any videos. And so with her, her agreement is really great because she's like, this is the minimum a month. It is, like, per month, but I'm going to bill you like when you send me videos. So say one month I recorded like 10 videos and send them all to her, but they're not going to get scheduled for another couple months. And that contract is going to reflect that more so than saying, well, you only get four videos a month and you didn't use it last month. And we have to stick to our guns in whatever our contract says. Right. But I think when you write your contract, you have to remember that people are people Mm -hmm. and they have situations that come up whether it's just a slow month or last December, I actually had a death in the family, a very, very sudden, hard death in the family. And I emailed all my clients and I was like, hey, like this happened based on our contract. Like here's what's going to happen moving forward. And some of them are like, the hourly ones, it kind of worked out because I was only going to get paid what I worked. So I got to choose like how much I put right. on them. And the other ones were so gracious and they're like, this was not an expected change for you. So like, don't worry about it. But because I was up front with them, I said, this is what the contract states. You know, I can't complete the work for you mentally. Like, here's the refund or Mm -hmm. whatever. And not that everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, keep my money if you can't work for me. But at the same time, like, because I've been upfront and honest with them for six months prior to that, they knew I wasn't trying to cheat them out of their money because it was an unexpected turn. I don't know. That's just the one thing. I'm like, how would I want to be treated as a client? And that's why I want how my clients to be treated. So yeah, I prefer a three-month commitment as far as like, hey, we're going to work together for three months and keep evaluating every month if we work well together. Plus again, you don't want to get into a contract and you hate working with this person. And then you just drag it on for three months. Oh, that would be miserable. So that's why I keep everything month to month because as great as it would be to know that I'm going to have these same invoices three months from now, 
I want to know more that I'm going to be enjoying what I do three months from now. And the same for them. I'd rather them go hire someone that they enjoy working with than dread working with me. All right. So as we are wrapping up, is there anything else that you wanted to cover that we haven't talked about? I would just say going back to like letting go of your baby and your business that it's okay. But do it small steps at first. Don't think you need to hire out every single thing on your list immediately. You can take baby steps and say, hey, I just want to see if we work well together for two weeks or a month. And then can we reevaluate at the end of the month? Mm-hmm. Do a trial period. Hand over just your newsletter. Hand over just your blog. Hand over just your graphics. Whatever it is, start small and then learn to trust that person. They'll learn to trust you. Learn to communicate with that person. How do they communicate? I've had some clients ask me to take a personality test to see if we would work well together. If you love personality tests, have them do that. (laughs) Because it tells you my old boss at my 9 to 5, we took it and she gave me hers and she read mine and it said... Here's how to handle conflict with that person. Mm -hmm. So not only did my boss need to know how to handle me, but I needed to know how to go to my boss with conflict. Right. And it made our almost two years working together so great because we knew how to handle each other when there was conflict and when there wasn't conflict. And so I think being open and honest and taking baby steps is huge for growing your team and letting go of certain parts of your business. Okay. Why is serving your clients well so important to your business and how has it benefited you? It's so important because it goes back to how do I want to be treated from people I hire? And if that's how I want to be treated, then I need to treat people that same way, like the golden rule. Mm -hmm. Treat others how you want to be treated. I think that's huge for businesses. And then honestly, referrals. Most of my clients are referral-based or they're networked-based, which is to me similar as a referral. It's people I've networked with who I might not have worked with, but who have referred me based on how I serve my current clients, how I love on my Instagram followers, how I love on my email list. That has truly grown my business. The first year in business, I wish I knew, maybe I should do this as like a report, but how much of my clients were new and how much of them were referral-based because of how I treated my other clients. Yeah, I mean, that's the only way my business has grown is referrals and networking and just good old common sense of treat others how you want to be treated. Right. So tell me two things that you're loving right now. They can be business or life. Okay. So I recently found Christy Wright's business boutique. So it's basically Dave Ramsey's stuff for small businesses for women. And she has a podcast and a book and she just had a conference that I did not get to go to because I found out about it too late. (laughs) But as I continue to take my business seriously, because I think once I take it seriously, other people will as well. So that means paying myself regularly. Even though no one's going to see that, I'm going to feel more confident and knowing I get a regular paycheck. Yep. And not just like, oh, I need to transfer money from my business account because I need to pay rent, you know, but like truly paying myself. So learning to treat your business like a business is huge. It's what I used to tell my, at my nine to five, I worked for a real estate company and we used to tell our agents that all the time. Like this is your real estate business. Treat it like a business, not a hobby. And once you start treating it seriously, other people will as well. So I love her books and then her book and her podcast. So maybe that's two things. Something, what else am I loving right now? Yeah, I just love podcasts. I'm a bit, I travel a lot. So I'm always listening to new podcasts. And then a life thing that I'm loving. I just went abroad for the first time. So I'm loving my passport stamps. I know that's really silly, but it's something that I've been dreaming of for a while. And because I work from home and I've been able to 
grow my business like it is, I got to take a few days off and truly like unplug and not do anything. And it was just so exciting and freeing to like be in another country and not worry about clients and not worry about posting on Instagram and all that. So that's kind of what I'm loving is just something I did about a week ago. It's just the life that my business has afforded me to live has been so fun. That's fun. Where did you go? Barcelona, Spain. That was one of my the study abroad locations for my college, but I didn't get to go. And I was kind of... <laughs> oh, no. It's great. If you have the chance to go, I would definitely say go. Okay. So what are you excited for that's coming up in the future? So one thing that I've been brainstorming about, and I don't really know all the details, so stay tuned. But next fall, so fall of 2018, I would love to host an in-person mountain retreat. That's kind of business planning for 2019, goal setting, strategy for people and having like a few different experts there to kind of talk on certain things, but also actually get work done while we're there on top of going hiking or going shopping or eating at the cute little places in the mountains. So I don't really know anything what that would look like or be or anything, but that's something that I'm excited about. Also going back to the wedding planning things, just some other business ventures in the works with my dad, a joint business venture that we have coming up in the next few months. So yeah, just excited about that and figuring out all the details and getting to work with him is going to be a lot of fun. That does sound fun. And I think as entrepreneurs, we're always coming up with new projects. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I tried to get my husband to start a business and I, he's not feeling it. Oh no. Both my parents ran or run their own businesses. And so it's always been in the family blood. So from my grandfather's on down. So we talk about business all the time and Shark Tank. We have group texts just about Shark Tank and things we've seen on there. <laughs> okay. So the final question is, where can people find you online? They can find me at the Social Walker Agency on Instagram and Facebook. And then the socialwalkeragency.com is the website. All right. Well, thank you so much. I We'll share links to everything that we talked about. And I'm excited for people to start, you know, really thinking about growing their team as their businesses grow. Yes, me too. It's nerve wracking, but it's also very freeing. So I'm excited for them as well. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show. 